welcome back to the Preston Perspective Podcast. My name is Preston. <laughs> I'm so glad you guys are joining me today. I'm excited about this topic because it's come up recently and just conversations with some leaders and some students. And if other people are talking about this and asking this question, then I'm sure other people are asking this question. And so I thought we could just kind of spend some time together just unpacking what it looks like living for Jesus in a worldly environment. What does that what does that even mean? The Bible tells us that we are in the world but called to not be of the world. That when we accept Jesus into our heart as our Lord and Savior and we begin to learn how he wants us to operate, right? To show love and kindness and goodness and patience and to love our enemies and treat others the way we would want to be treated, it sets us apart a little bit. For instance, when you're at school, the way you interact with your teacher and your coach could be different than the way your friends interact. And that's going to that's gonna stand out. That's going to set you apart. Or at work, how you interact with your colleagues and your boss differs on how other people, other colleagues interact with each other. And eventually, people are going to start to notice your pattern and your principle and your behavior. And they're going to ask, what's different about you? You know... So-and-so and so-and-so you hang out with, and I'm glad you guys are friends, but they're a little rude, but you're you're never rude, and you're not letting that influence rub, rub off on you. What's, what's the difference here? And that would be a door that's opened up where you can say, well, those friends that I hang out with, they don't go to church, or they don't have the faith that I have, and because I love and believe in Jesus— Jesus teaches how we should treat others, and that's how I try to live my life. I, that's how I try to treat people at school and at work, right? And you can begin to tell your story, and it opens up this door where you get to share your faith because of the example you are setting in the world, but you're not doing the same things of the world, right? Where the world tells us to be all about me, 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 my, my, mine. And Jesus in the Bible, faith tells us to be about others, to put others first, to care for those who are in need. The Bible tells us that we are to speak up for those who cannot speak up for themselves. That's going to be where we can be set apart and we can be in the world, but not of the world. And as you are living in a worldly environment and you're going to public school or even private school, or I went to a I went to a Christian Bible college, and even at Bible college, there were some people who weren't great influences. And we can talk about influences in a different podcast, but as you are in the world, you can choose to not be of the world. And how do you do that? I'm going to break it down to four really easy steps, and that last step is going to take us into another conversation that I believe is equally as important for this subject. So number one, you got to read your Bible. The cool thing is the Bible is for everyone, right? You don't have to be a certain age or a certain intellect to read and understand the Bible. The Bible is for everyone. That's the great thing about being a Christian today and being in America where you have the freedom of speech and religion, where you can just go grab a Bible off of Amazon or in person at a store and, and you can begin to read it for yourselves. You know, you don't have to just listen 
to a pastor or a priest. You don't have to just listen to some other Bible teacher and take their word for it, but you can investigate for yourself. You can test the truth of scripture for yourself, right? The Bible is for everyone. And as you read your Bible, that will help you stand firm for Jesus in a worldly environment. Number two, prayer. Prayer is talking to God and talking with. And that's important because sometimes we miss that. Sometimes people will teach that prayer is talking to God, but it's also talking with God. It's a conversation. It's a conversational relationship with God. You see, God wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to share in our good and in our bad. He doesn't want us to, to come to him with requests, right? Sometimes we get into this pattern where we only pray to God when we need help, when we need something. But God wants to, us to share every aspect of our life with him. When a good thing happens, even small, we can stop and be like, oh, God, thank you for that. Thank you that I hit all those green lights and I made it to work on time today. God, thank you for the beautiful sunshine. You know, thank you for whatever, the big and the small. And we can thank him in the moment. We can genuinely pray to God for strength and wisdom and other requests once we have that genuine personal relationship with him that we just talk and share and do all those things. Number three would be connection. Prayer is connecting with God. And this is what we do when we join a church or we join a small group and we connect with others that are also seeking a life after God. You know, another word for connection is fellowship. If you've grown up in church, you know, you'll hear the word fellowship. We're going to get to it. We get together for a time of food and fellowship. That's, that's connection. Small groups, Bible study, hanging out with close, faithful friends is key. Because when we are struggling with these worldly things, when we are struggling with living for Jesus in that worldly environment and with things that are going on in our culture and in our community, we can be with the people we're connected to and we can find a safe place to share our struggles and our concerns. We can find a safe place to ask for prayer. You know, groups are a spiritual habit. Small groups are a spiritual habit that we should pursue and that we should not avoid. And the last thing I'm going to say, and this will lead us into a second conversation, is giving. You know, are you a consumer when you go to a church? If you're a person of faith and you regularly attend a worship service, are you a consumer or are you a contributor? right? Do you go to church with a me, mine aspect, an attitude? This message is for me. This worship is for me. Jesus loves me, and he does. Uh, do you make church all about you? You see, we sh should be consuming our time in worship and connecting with God. We should consume the Bible and what the pastor is sharing, but we should also be contributing and serving. We should contribute or give of our time, give of our talents, join uh, one of the ministries that you can serve in, maybe be a greeter, work in the media booth, work in kids ministry, give of your time and your talents, right? And even of your finances to help the church do what the church has been called to do and, and equip missions and missionaries to do what they've been called to do. 
If you are giving your time and serving, then you are doing more things for the church and in a faith community, and you're going to be doing less things out in the world. And so that would help you live for Jesus in a worldly environment if you are rooted in a healthy faith community, if you are a part of a healthy, growing, gospel, truth-based church. Acts 20, 24 says, however, I consider my life worth not nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. That's also part of living for Jesus in a worldly environment is testifying our faith, is sharing our faith, sharing what Jesus has done for us. But we do that out of relationships that are built with other people, trust that is built, and that that can be another podcast. But as you are working on not just being a consumer of things, but also being a contributor, and you're working on your connection and fellowship, your prayer time and your Bible reading, all of those things can go into incorporating your faith into your life. I hear all the time when talking about living for Jesus in a worldly environment that some people, when I talk about prayer uh, and reading the Bible, the first two, I just don't have time. I'm just so busy. I, you know, I got to take this kid to this and this kid to this and I, uh, or I work three jobs and, uh, and I'm just so busy. I'm so busy. And I want to I want to challenge that mindset, that perspective today, because it really comes down to some priorities. And there are times in your life or in your day where you can fit the Lord, you know, maybe into your nooks and cranny or on purpose. But it really comes down to priorities and something as a children's pastor that I I work for and I I worry about and I work with parents and I try to equip parents is something known as the four generation fade. And the four generation fade really breaks down like this. Parents don't make church a high priority for their kids. And so with that kid, those kids grow up and make it less of a priority for their kids that they have. And then those kids grow up and make it no priority for their kids. And then number four, those kids grow up with no concept of God. Simply put, priorities today impact generations. The Bible tells us in James chapter 4, verse 8, come near to God and he will come near to you. John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. So, as you are working towards living for Jesus in a worldly environment, you can incorporate your faith into your life, even if it's busy. Let me give you some practical perspectives. When you get ready in the morning, do you listen to music? What kind of music are you listening to? Is it worship music that you can reflect on? Is it Christian rock or pop? You know, is a good way to start your day and you can feel encouraged and refreshed when you start it with, with, with worship music and with Jesus. Do you listen to audiobooks? Could you listen to a gospel-centered podcast? Could uh, someone read the Bible to you while you are getting ready, right? I've heard it said, if you can win your morning, you can win your day. If you start your morning out right with worship music or uplifting, encouraging music, you know, if you start your day with the Bible, if you start your day with a 
faithful, encouraging podcast. If you start your day right, it sets the tone for the rest of the day. If you can win your morning, you can win the day. Do you exercise? Do you have a workout playlist? What if that playlist was upbeat Christian music? There are so many fun Christian artists out there today. Hillsong Young and Free, Capital Kings, Toby Mac, Skillet, Family Force 5 I listened to when I was younger, Reliant K. Uh, you can still find these bands on Spotify. Some of them aren't like a band anymore or touring, but they still have music. Mercy Me has some fun things. Planet Shakers is a great band with plenty of fun, upbeat songs, right? And maybe, maybe you don't exercise, but if you have a long commute, could you be listening to Christian music instead of the radio, right? Could you be listening to Christian music? Could you be listening to a faithful podcast on your commute while you while you drive? Could you be listening, you know, to the Bible? A friend I have puts a new scripture each week up on his mirror. So every day for a week when he goes to that mirror, he sees it, reads it, and reflects on it. That maybe could be something that you start to practice. Do you read for fun? Could you be reading a faith-based book, a Christian living book, a faith-based leadership, or even faith-based fiction? Reading God's word first thing in the morning it is great. That's what I personally try to do. Uh, perhaps waking up a little bit earlier and being intentional with starting off your day uh, can set that tone we were talking about, you know, win the morning, win the day. You read your Bible, goes great with coffee orange juice, milk, tea. But if that doesn't work for you and your day is jammed or your morning is jammed, perhaps you can read your Bible uh, before bed or during a lunch break. Uh, do you have a Bible app on your phone where you have a Bible reading plan? Do you do you follow a daily devotion and devotion plan? Now, real, like real quick side note, devotionals do not replace the Bible, okay? I'm not knocking devotionals. You can You can have them. You can work through them. You can read them. But if you just do a daily devotion and you're not actually reading the Bible, then you're missing it. A devotion does not replace the actual word of God. Because times with devotionals, they might give you one to two verses, maybe a little bit more, and then they have all this other text, right? And that does not replace the actual word of God. We talked about this at the beginning. Priority. Make church and small group a priority. Make that connection and that fellowship with other believers a priority. Spend time with other believers on purpose. If you begin to do this with your family, with your kids, you can help avoid the four-generational fade. Give yourself reminders. Program them into your phone. You know, a reminder to pray at 10.25 a.m. and 2.02 p.m. at weird, you know, at weird times. Another reminder can be something you carry with you, a ring, a bracelet, a keychain. And when you say it, you quickly just say a little prayer. And as you make these reminders, how maybe you're someone that lives by your calendar, right? You have all these different colors for work meetings and sports and extracurricular activities. And your calendar is pretty busy, pretty colorful. And if you're blocking out time for meetings and all these other things, block out a time for God. Say, okay, on Monday, we gotta do, I got to do this and this and this and this and this. Um, but right here, I'm going to put a box. And this is my God time. This is a spiritual discipline. It, it's going to take time. If you don't already regularly spend time with God, it's going to take time. And you have to work at it and you have to practice. And you might miss a day or you might miss two. And that's okay. You just 
you just jump back on. You are learning. You are building a, a principle. You're building a spiritual discipline. But as you are blocking time out for everything else in your life, all these other activities, are you blocking out time for church where you can be in fellowship with other believers, but also blocking out time for you personally to be with God, the Father, your creator? Got to spend time one-on-one with God. Church and church programs do not replace the personal relationship with God. And as you work on that, that will help you live for Jesus in that worldly environment. I still pray over meals. Some And sometimes it's quick, sometimes it's not. But I thank God for the food. I thank him for his goodness. I, I thank him for his provision because uh, his provision shows up in many ways. His provision of protection, you know, protecting our cars, protecting our home, protecting us on our commute to work and back from work, all of these things, right? And I thank him for the day. And I even ask, like, if it's a breakfast, I ask him to help me be productive that day. And then I say, amen. We prayed over breakfast, lunch, and dinner growing up. And I still do that. Trying to have this thought of fitting Jesus in is the wrong idea, right? I'm just going to fit Jesus into my schedule. I'm going to just shove him into a nook and a nook and cranny. That might be how it started. And that might be the perspective you have, but we should be fitting our schedule with our Jesus time, right? We should start, we should pencil in your Jesus time and then put in all your other events for the day. You should fit your schedule around your Jesus time, not your not Jesus around your schedule. What it really boils down to, and we've talked about this in the, we've talked about this already, priorities. Where is Jesus on your priority list? Where is your relationship with the Lord on your priority list? If it's a high priority, then you will work on your spiritual discipline and you will make time to read the Bible. And that's God's love letter. That's God's journal, his book to us, to you. That's how you get to know God more. The Bible is how we can learn about God and strengthen our relationship, which will help us live for the Lord in a worldly environment. And we grow that relationship also by conversation, by prayer, and by spending time in worship and reflecting on God's goodness, right? We make it a priority. So where is Jesus on your list of priorities? That's all I have for you today. That's my kind of some of my thoughts and some of the things I break down when people ask, hey, how am I supposed to live for Jesus in a worldly environment with all these other voices and all these other influences? I try to break it down into read your Bible, you know, fill your mind with the truth, fill your mind with the gospel. And if you can fill your mind with the Bible and with God's word, with the truth, then it will kind of hush out all those other non-truthful voices you know you got to pray you got to be in connection and fellowship with other believers and you've got to be a contributor to your faith community all of those four steps will help you live for jesus in a worldly environment which then takes us into incorporating your faith even into a busy life schedule i hope this perspective was helpful to you thank you so much for listening as always I hope you have a great day and an awesome week.